You're listening to the Knowing Motherhood Podcast. I'm your host, Linnell Peters, and it's an honor to walk alongside you in motherhood, whether the journey is just beginning or you're right in the thick of it. I believe that your worth as a mother is not based on your performance and that your greatest strength is the love that you have for your children, whether they're in your arms or only in your heart. My prayer is that this little corner of the podcast world will leave you feeling more equipped, more hopeful, and less alone than when you arrived. Hello, everybody, and Happy New Year. I cannot believe that we are one month into the year 2023 already, but here we are, and I'm really glad to be back to the mic producing new content for you this year. Today, I am joined by Emily McElroy. She's a wife and a mama of two little girls in Colorado who loves to write in her spare time and serve in her local church. Emily and her husband, Alex, have faced multiple losses, including heartbreaking preterm delivery of their third daughter, Anna. Emily shares vulnerably with us today not only about our pregnancy losses, but also the unexpected and devastating return of a foster son that they were quite sure would be permanently joining their family. This loss occurred earlier on in their marriage, and Emily explains how God used that experience to help prepare her for Anna's passing. Pregnancy and child loss is such a painful topic, but Emily brings such a light to this conversation as she reminds us again and again of just how real God's presence is when we walk through suffering of any kind. She allows us to see through her experience how true reliance on God brings a peace that simply cannot be found anywhere else. I'm grateful to have had this conversation with Emily, and I know you'll be blessed and challenged by it. So let's listen in as I talk with Emily McElroy. Emily, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's so exciting. (laughs) I'm glad to have you here, and I'm so thankful that you're willing to share your story with us today. I know that um, you and I both share um, having loss as part of our story in many different forms, and um, Mm -hmm. and so I can empathize with you and you with me um, in what grief looks like and the way that our hearts hurt in, in, in loss. And um, I know that that's one of the things that Knowing Motherhood is, was created upon. That's mm-hmm. really why this podcast began was so that other mothers could hear the stories that we have to share and be encouraged and uplifted in their time of need. So would mm-hmm. you be willing to just share with us a little bit about yourself and your family and, and just kind of what a like, day-to-day looks like for you guys right now? Sure, I'd love to. Um, I am married to my husband, Alex. We will have been married seven years this month on the 19th. That's always an exciting anniversary. Mm -hmm. Um, And we have been given two little girls. One is four. Her name is Corey. And the other is turning two in January, and her name is Emma. And um, they take up most of my time. (laughs) I'm a Mm stay-at-home mom with them, and... Um, just learning the ins and outs of how to, you know, train my children in the way of the Lord and um, other things that I, I do aside from that are obviously very much so on the side. <laughs> right. um, I love uh, writing. That is one of the biggest things that 
I put my extra time into is just processing truth and wanting to exhort the body and other believers in what is right and good and godly. Um, Alex and I um, are really involved in our local church here and very passionate about building it up, um, wanting to you know, see it grow and flourish. And our, our, our local church here in Northern Colorado is um, just a really tight-knit group of people and we love them so much. Um, so all that combined um, takes up most of our time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That is a lot, and it's um, it sounds like life is really full for you, mm-hmm. but it's also been really hard. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you guys have experienced loss multiple times, and mm-hmm. one very recently, actually, mm-hmm. around the same time that you and I connected about you coming and sharing your story of, of Anna. Do you want to go back to the beginning and, and share what you feel comfortable sharing about your story and about your daughter and and just any other loss than, that you guys have experienced in your life and, and mm-hmm. how God has worked in your life during that time? Yeah, absolutely. I, You know, it feels like it's almost like a, a gem to hold and to testify about whenever I, I think about it because they're not with us. We have... Um, had three biological uh, losses and returned a foster baby to his mom when we thought we could adopt him. And um, all of those now feel like a gem to be able to share and testify about the Lord. So as painful as they are, it is such a joy to be even on here, like speaking about them because it is an opportunity for his glory. And I'm just so thankful for that. So, um, it started um, at the very beginning. Um, we didn't have any biological children. We were thinking about it. Um, actually, two days after we found out we were pregnant with my oldest, Corey, um, we were called and asked to take in a, a newborn baby boy who was um, not able to be taken care of by his biological mother. She needed to get better and get back on her feet, and we said yes, we would definitely do that. It um, was ironic because he and the baby, Corey, um, in my womb were almost exactly nine months apart. So Mm. um, as my belly grew, people were like, how did that happen? (laughs) This is really, really close. (laughs) Um, And so it was looking like we were going to be able to adopt him and call him our own, and and we loved him that way. Um, He's really who taught us how to be parents, um, how to love unconditionally, how to, you know, deal with a baby who doesn't know how to put himself to sleep because of trauma and, you know, pour your life out um, endlessly and without any return, which is basically what a parent's job is. Mm, Yes. (laughs) And um, at the end of, it was probably six months into that, we got a call that his social worker would be transferring him back to his biological mother when we had been expecting um, to adopt him because it it seemed to be a pretty you know clear case like this there's probably not very much hope of him returning Um, but just like that on the you know with a really quick turnaround he was being returned to his mother and um, we were faced with a question in our souls of 
oh, how, how do we do this, Lord? Like, do we fight for him to stay with us? Or, or what are we supposed to do? What was our position in this situation? And he clearly led us to a place of realizing that um, this child was not telling our story. It was not telling, you know, beginning the story of our family, even though it was and it is, the testimony is, but his physical self in our family was not uh, the story that we were supposed to be telling, but we were to be to be telling God's story <laughs> with that. Um, that led us to treating his mother in a totally different way, like affirming her desire to be a mother and, you know, meeting with the social workers and encouraging them in their very difficult job. And, um, and that led us to just realize that our children are not our own. They mm. are God's. And I had to, to learn how to surrender my motherhood of that child to another mom. And in that case, it was a less safe mom, a mom who didn't mm-hmm. know how to be mm-hmm. a mom. And that um, was very difficult. Um, it was probably the hardest thing we had done to that point. Um, but what we didn't know was just how that lesson brought us so clearly into what we didn't know we would be facing in the next couple years. Um, mm-hmm. That was about five years ago now. We had our first Corey three weeks after he went home. So um, it was all very close together. And as I was mourning him, I was also healing with her. And then, um, and she was a really easy baby. So we were pretty ready, pretty soon, you know, very ready <laughs> uh, to have another baby, probably six months in. Just she was a good sleeper, a good eater. Um, and so it, we began that, you know, journey of, okay, Lord, give us another baby. And um, just hopeful and expectant for that. And we did. About nine months after Corey was born, she was nine months old, I got pregnant with our second baby. And there was just that joy. We're going to see siblings. And um, that baby was due in December. December 4th was that baby's due date. And... Um, just like delighting in that fact. Um, but a week in, so I was five weeks, I started bleeding and went to the doctor and they confirmed that I was miscarrying. And um, I think if we had not walked through giving Zyler back to his mom, more so giving Zyler the little boy, his name was Zyler, <laughs> um, mm. giving him back to the Lord, really. Um, I don't think I would have known how to wrestle through those months after this miscarriage because, you know, five weeks feels so little time. Mm. But those, I think three months, it was probably three solid months of just wrestling with God and with the circumstances and with hope. How, how can I trust the Lord in this place of um, insecurity? You know, um, yeah. where these things feel so insecure and, and yet he is supposed to be secure, you know, asking all these difficult questions and, and the Lord met me there in that spot. Um, what I didn't know even then too, was that that baby was also preparation 
for our next baby. <laughs> I think Zyler and our December baby is like who I'd like to call call our first miscarriage. Um, their lives just continued to lay and set that pattern of my parenting is is surrendered to the Lord and it's given to him and it is for his glory. Um, and uh, this this affliction, this momentary affliction is for a greater purpose. And Lord, what is your purpose here? What is your story? And what are you wanting to do with this? And I surrender, really, that's what it, it brought you back to, brought, brought mm-hmm. me back to is, Lord, I must surrender my motherhood and my position because I cannot control it. This is yeah. not, um, I'm not the one who's creating life here. Um, which is interesting when you think about how God named Eve life, or, or I guess Adam named him that, life giver. Um, mm-hmm. It's an interesting thought as a mother, <laughs> the mother yes. of, of all life. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, so you lost, you lost your, your first pregnancy at five weeks, and then you found out that you were expecting again Mm-hmm. Yep. How, just, how much later was that? It was three months later. Um, right. So this was my third pregnancy, technically, because Corey was born too. Yep. And um, we, it was a rough pregnancy at the beginning. I had something called a subchorionic hemorrhage. So I was bleeding the whole time uh, in the first trimester for, for at least half of it, but not the whole time. Um, and that... Uh, just kept us very dependent. Like, um, yeah. usually it heals on its own, but you never know, is this a miscarriage or is this the, you know, is this just going to heal? Um, so, so I think, again, that continued theme of I'm surrendering this to the Lord. He is in control of this baby, um, this new child that you have given to us, we trust it to you. Um, mm. And that continued on. Past 13 weeks, we were given the clear. Everything looked normal. We got to our 20-week appointment, and that um, that came with uh, a wave of things we did not know how to process again. Um, at first, she was um, misdiagnosed to have um, um, a, a placenta that wasn't functioning correctly because um, she was smaller and there was low fluid, um, but that... The initial maternal field medicine doctor that saw us um, told us that with even with that diagnosis, that she it would be better off if we terminate her. Right. Um, and so because of that, we were just abhorred by that idea. It's yeah, completely sure. against everything we believe. And mm-hmm. so we went and found a second opinion. My husband's father is a surgeon and had a connection. Um, because of the Lord, um, with the leading doctor that works in fetal medicine down at Children's in Aurora. And so miraculously, we actually got in with an appointment with him the next day after being told to terminate our baby. Mm. Um, And so we went straight there the next day, just hopeful that there was either, you know, a wrong diagnosis or that they would at least have you know, 
the attitude of trying to help us save her life, mm-hmm. uh, which yeah. they definitely did. I We loved everything about that experience. Um, but when we got there, they told us uh, that normally if it was a placenta issue, um, they would see a small baby, but plenty of fluid. Um, but in Anna's case, um, she was a small baby and had no fluid, and so that would make them look for kidneys. Um, but what they found was that she had never formed any kidneys. They couldn't find any at all. And so um, basically they were telling us it, it wasn't a miserable diagnosis. It was a fatal diagnosis. Right. Um, and so we had to take that all in and say, okay, what in the world do we do with that? Like. How, how do we even think through that? And again, the Lord had graciously given us like so much background to knowing how to surrender. But in that moment, you're you're not even sure how to think. Um, no, we, and and I, I mean, here you've you've lost a, a little boy that you've raised for eight months, eight months, mm-hmm. and you've had to return him thinking though that you may be able to keep him. There's an incredible mm-hmm. amount of grief involved in just that one experience. Mm-hmm. And then you lose, you know, you lose your, your second pregnancy mm-hmm. early on, but you know, still loss is loss. And so here now you're reaching a point of mm-hmm. a fatal diagnosis for a baby girl mm-hmm. that you've carried for Mm-hmm. half a pregnancy already mm-hmm. and that is hard mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how much faith we mm-hmm. have in our good God and how we know him mm-hmm. to have proven himself again and again it is so hard to sit mm-hmm. in that type of pain yeah so mm-hmm. you know where where did what were the next steps like for you guys as you moved forward mm-hmm. in those remaining weeks? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, for us it was like it was like a tightrope between hope and surrender. Um, we were given an option of doing an experimental process of trying to save her life, where babies with this diagnosis, bilateral renal agenesis, they. Um, are given a chance to try these experiments and four or five babies have actually lived and gotten to a kidney transplant at two oh, years wow. old. And so, and miraculously, that hospital was one of four hospitals in the country that actually do that experiment. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. I know, it's God. Yeah. So there was this diagnosis of this is fatal and it's very fragile. And there's the hope of you can try this, but it's it's almost, you know, it's only worked four times, you know, Mm. which is very, 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 very small. Um, so we, we wrestled with that. Like, do we just do the comfort care route or do we, we try this experiment to see if it'll, it'll work. And Mm. we, I think that the day after that was just that wrestling of Lord, give us the grace to do what you want us to do. Um, with so, I th- and I think at that point, ultimately, it was, I am giving up my child because I, I've seen even more that I, I can't control this. Everything right. is completely in the Lord's hands. Mm-hmm. So I think we we grieved more then, um, just over the reality that that there was almost nothing we could do for her. 
um, then even later on, that was the first step really of surrender and letting go. Mm-hmm. But um, we did for about four weeks try to do everything that the doctors gave us to do to save her life. And everything was working seemingly well. Um, there was that, you know, just open hands of, Lord, do something like, can you use these um, experiments to save her life and to do a miracle? Um, or are you, are you going to take her now? Um, that wrestling, it was definitely a wrestle for those four mm-hmm. weeks. But um, we got to 24 weeks and um, my body went into labor. And she was still only one pound at this point. So um, after not being able to uh, stop the labor... Um, We gave birth naturally and um, held her for 13 minutes while she was alive and treasured her life as much as we could. Um, It was definitely the hardest day of my life, (laughs) watching my baby pass away and literally hand her to the Lord. But what an honor. I think a lot of moms listening will understand exactly what you're you're talking about, Um, but they can't. No mom's experience is the same as the next. Mm -hmm. the The pain and and the the grief that you feel Mm -hmm. is unique to your situation alone, and. I would love to ask, Is was there any moment during that 13 minutes where you pleaded with the Lord to, to keep her? Or did you know in your heart that it was his will that she would pass? Was there that feeling? Because I know sometimes with moms, we just have this innate sense mm-hmm. of, of an outcome because I think God gives mm-hmm. us that sense did you mm-hmm. what were those 13 minutes like with your little Anna oh, they were precious and heavenly and like no, no, no other moments that I could compare um, I think for us we we had been told that because she was so small um, there wasn't any way um, at, in because of her diagnosis of having no kidneys, there wasn't any like medical way to save her at that point. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, gave me the peace to be able to accept what the Lord had given. I think um, that acceptance started when I realized I was in labor. Right. And um, that acceptance, it was, I think acceptance was kind of the theme of that day, like going... Lord, if you are allowing me to be in labor right now and you haven't stopped it and you're not stopping it, then, Lord, yeah. I accept your will and that that is what you have given to me. And I think there was definitely prayers that he would stop the labor. But once she was born, I think it was more of a, I'm just going to be held by the Lord right now and choose to mm-hmm. trust him choose Mm -hmm. to know that he could have stopped this and he didn't and so if that's the case lord help me to hold her and to treasure her 
right now. Yeah. That's really beautifully said. I think it really reflects the difference that having Christ in our lives makes. Mm-hmm. That we know we can trust him in the worst and most difficult and mm-hmm. painful moments of our lives. Mm-hmm. We know that nothing changes about his character. Mm-hmm. No matter his decision, nothing changes about right. his love for us and for our families. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. What was the most difficult part of grieving, Anna, in the in the days and the weeks following? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think through any loss, not just not just Anna, but I think through any loss, there's that feeling of I'm going backwards in life. You know, we mm. we had this plan, this set plan, this even this life that was growing that's, you know, got a due date. We're we're looking forward to that. Um, we're hoping for that. And I think all all moms who have walked through loss would understand that that feeling of I'm I'm not where I was, like a piece of me is back in the past and how do I leave it back there? And how do I move on? You know, how do I take a next step forward when, you know, part of me is stuck back there, you know? Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. that's a a piece of grief that I've, I definitely wrestled with. Um, I think another piece is just how much of a, a baby it makes you. Like not crying wise, but like a helpless child in the hands of the Lord, like completely dependent there. Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. it reminds me of Psalm 131, where that it's a very short Psalm, but it's basically David calling out saying, Lord, these thoughts are too high for me. So I will sit like a weaned child in your arms. Mm -hmm. And, and that's exactly how I felt after Anna was born was just, I cannot think through this with my brain. You know, I simply yeah. must sit in your in your arms and hold me. And I think a lot of that, what I needed to know in truth, came out in songs. Um, the at the hospital, I asked for a guitar, and the nurses went everywhere to like find a guitar for me to oh, sing that's on. Amazing. And that was like such a rock to me because I couldn't think of the truth myself, but. I could sing the songs and they would remind me of the truth as I was healing Mm. and saying goodbye to Anna. That is so beautiful. Now, not to make light, but I feel like I should have probably done that. (laughs) I should have. I mean, really, because that's how when we lost our son River at 18 Mm -hmm. weeks, that's how Mm -hmm. um, that's how I I spent my whole night waiting mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. go into labor was I I sat and I praised and I sang yeah, right. and I journaled and yeah. the peace of God was so incredibly present and that's when you right. talk about being like a baby that's mm-hmm. exactly what I felt like mm-hmm. Lord I'm in your hands there's nothing I can do right. you're the only one that can change the outcome I mean yeah. for us we already knew that our baby had passed right but mm-hmm. you, you know, so I already had that closure and I knew that that was the case, mm-hmm. but there's still a part of you as a mother yeah. that right. you're still feeling like you're pregnant. Exactly. And mm-hmm. so for me, you know, I, it, it, I don't know if I've ever actually shared this before, but mm-hmm. 
I stood in front of the windows in the room, and I actually had I took a picture with my phone of mm-hmm. my reflection in the in the these big glass. Mm-hmm. Uh, windows because it was rainy outside and there was a strong reflection. Yeah. Because I I was alone at that time because my husband had gone home to be with our other children, mm-hmm. and I um. I wanted to remember that very moment. Right. Because I felt God's presence, but I also felt that feeling of anguish that yes. every that is just present. Right. Yes. That's right. And I wanted to remember in the moment. Mm-hmm. That he that he was there, but the, but the reality of it as well. That he, in the mm-hmm. midst of my suffering, God was present. That's right. And it felt so bizarre, mm-hmm. <laughs> like truly. Yes. I felt silly taking yes. a picture of myself. Yes. But I'm so glad I did. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. because there's something about that image when I scroll through my phone. Of course, it like you know brings on <laughs> tears immediately but mm-hmm. for me it really brings me back to that place and I'm not afraid to go there and I that's and right. that that's something that actually I was reading this morning I have just a book on grief and I'm trying to find it but mm-hmm. this part on how when we feel that feeling of um these really hard and heavy emotions and the feeling of like I can't think clearly Mm -hmm. because it's just so much to process that's the point for a lot of parents Mm -hmm. when they might run to something to cope yes Mm -hmm. and I'm I guess I just want to I want to point to that and talk about that for a quick minute because Mm -hmm. you clearly recognized Mm-hmm. where you needed to run mm-hmm. and who was holding you because you had walked through so much mm-hmm. hardship prior. You'd already had to let go multiple times. Mm-hmm. And the same was there for, for us. We had already lost several other, two other babies mm-hmm. as well. So there was that knowledge that God will carry me through. Mm-hmm. But there are so many people that maybe perhaps have not walked through a loss of that sort or have not Mm-hmm. understood that right. God is all sufficient for them that's right mm-hmm. in their suffering yeah and um mm-hmm. I think it's so worthwhile to point out absolutely how urgent it is for us to call upon the Lord when we enter right. into any season of grief and suffering yeah, yeah. so that he's the one carrying mm-hmm. us through yeah. and not something addictive or or whatever that looks like yeah did you ever have a moment where you felt like there you were being pulled to something as a way to kind of escape that feeling of Mm -hmm. fuzziness that feeling of pain absolutely yeah I feel um I feel like this time around a month ago we had our another miscarriage at nine weeks and I had to walk through all those things all over again. And I'm still walking Mm. through them. And even being Mm. on here feels like, oh, Lord, give me clear thoughts. Mm -hmm. Because I know he is faithful and I know he's true. And I know his word is, you know, um, reliable and a rock in my soul. But this grief, you know, the grief and the questions. And I, I always have a phase of anger, you know, of just like, mm-hmm. Lord, why? Why 
does this happen? And, um, and I think in those moments, that is when um, I would, you know, encourage these other moms that this is not the end of our faith, that when these waves hit us and this grief is overbearing and you've never walked there before, you know, you don't, you don't even know what to do with anger. And, you know, how, how, do, we, how do we walk through that as Christians? And, mm-hmm. and that is where um, faith comes in. Ultimately, not, not your faith, but the faith that he gives you that he yes. will meet you there. And I love that, how you were describing in the window, like the yeah. Lord is here. Mm-hmm. The Lord is mm-hmm. here and I am in my deepest sorrow, but yeah. the Lord is here. And I think when we can acknowledge that, he yeah. is here. Like Hebrews 11, uh, 6, it is impossible, you know, without faith, it is impossible to please him for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who seek him. And that whole question is, is he there in your pain? Yes, he is. And if if we can look to him there in that spot, yes, mm-hmm. he is there in my pain. He is there in me doing dishes. He is there in me wiping my daughter's bottom. He is there, you yeah, know. Yes. He is. Mm-hmm. And he will meet you there. And and he has met me there. And I feel myself wrestling through that all over again. Lord, you know, are you here? And and him answering me gently. Yes, I'm here. I will lead you. I will guide you. This is for my glory, you know. I wonder if the running happens so often because we we don't really recognize how great our God is. Mm-hmm. And 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 when we don't know that we can run to him with every part of ourselves, not right? Mm-hmm. I think sometimes, you know, it just for I think for many Christians, especially those who've been Christians a long time, mm-hmm. we can believe that God only wants our best, mm-hmm. but That's He wants right. all of us. He, does. he wants every part every piece. to be brought before the throne mm-hmm. of grace like that's that's he, he is our burden bearer he mm-hmm. is the one who carries this for us mm-hmm. and and that's not just a little little phrase that yep. is christianese that we just say like this that's is right. truth mm-hmm. we can bring every single feeling yep. and emotion yep. and bring it captive and surrendered before right. him mm-hmm. and he's not going to reject us i like mm-hmm. what you said earlier that well you said something about backtracking in our in our faith mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. Yep. and I, it made me think about how it's not that when we walk through these seasons of suffering mm-hmm. and we have anger and doubt and fear mm-hmm. and all these yep. different really weighty emotions mm-hmm. it doesn't it's not that we're backtracking right it's not it's the that end. we're <laughs> actually walking over mm-hmm. a mountain that's right and if you can picture God holding your hand as you go mm-hmm. over that mountain, yes. then it brings a whole new perspective right. on how we can suffer well mm-hmm. and honestly before him. You know, your friend right. um, Heather Kofer mm-hmm. was recently on, and we, we talked about that, yeah. being honest in our suffering before our loving God That's and right. what a difference that makes mm-hmm. in our lives. Yeah. It's okay to be angry, but how do what do I do with my anger? Yes. What do I do with that anger do I bring it before God do I let him walk through that muck with me and bring me up and out Mm -hmm. 
Right? Mm-hmm. Or right. do I go run to something frivolous to soothe me in the moment? Mm-hmm. And it makes all the difference. And I'm so encouraged, mm-hmm. Emily, by the fact that you were even willing to come on today and share your story, having mm-hmm. gone through loss again so recently. Mm-hmm. Thank you for being willing to do that. Mm-hmm. That's what I, I just, ex- exactly that, that even in that the anger and the sadness and the sorrow, is he... He is building a testimony to be spoken. Yes. And, you know, that's why, that's the joy of being a Christian is God gives us all these different experiences and he says, ask me to show up. And he does. Mm-hmm. He shows up. He does. Every time. Yep. Yep. He really does. So you do have another daughter. Mm-hmm. Want to tell us yeah. a little bit about her and when, mm-hmm. where she is in the, the order of things? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so um, after Anna was born, um, we uh, waited six months um, before we were trying again. And that's when we conceived our Emma. And Emma Kate, it means whole, pure. Um, because she's not missing kidneys. And we Mm. pray that the Lord would not only give her physical wholeness, but a spiritual wholeness and a spiritual purity. And so um, she was born in January of 2021. And that was, you know, a full pregnancy after these two losses. Um, Definitely not easy. Mm. But... um, it was such a healing to be able to see the Lord bring us through all those fears. Um, I think a lot of that was the the community around us just saying, "Hey, this is really scary." I, I, I don't, you know, for those six months after Anna was born, I was adamantly against being pregnant because I was so scared of it. But the Lord did a work in my heart and was, you know, causing Alex and I to both be on the same page about wanting another one and he gave mm-hmm. that to us and he gave me the grace to walk through it and through every trimester you know the first trimester is scary the second trimester is oh, scary the third is trimester so scary. is scary um but oh, the lord man. gave so much grace and um, yeah. when she was born it was just oh father we we're so grateful for this mercy that you have given yes. to us it's not something we can just you know gar- guarantee hold on to but it's a mercy, a gift from you, and we treasure that and treasure Corey, our oldest, the same in the same way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I would love to just say for any, all of our, our listeners today that if you've got somebody in your life who has recently gone through a miscarriage mm-hmm. and is now expecting again a miscarriage or a stillbirth, mm-hmm. any, loss, any loss, any loss, and they are now expecting again, cover them in prayer. Check in on them and ask them how you can pray for them because it, subsequent pregnancies following loss are incredibly hard. Mm-hmm. And and I think the for those who have not walked through it or not walked through it with someone close to them, um, it can be easy to assume that suddenly there's joy again because you're expecting. And yes, it's mm-hmm. true. There is joy again. But there is a lot of fear mm-hmm. that can come creeping in again and again and I, I we had a um, we we had a, a healthy pregnancy following every loss mm. and so I've walked through that three times mm-hmm. um, 
And it's, it just, and it actually was harder with, with each one just because of the nature of our story and the way things happened. But mm-hmm. it is. And I just, I would encourage anyone listening to just check in with those moms extra. Mm-hmm. <laughs> check right. in with her. Ask her how she's doing. And, yeah. and, and let her just be honest and be real with you and press in a little deeper if she's not. Because it is not easy. Mm-hmm. It is not easy. The mind can constantly be, um, I think one of those things is just the checking, right? Um, mm-hmm. the, yeah. the is, you know, do I feel movement? And mm-hmm. every little lack of movement can be a, yeah. a, a hard thing. So I just wanted to add that in there. I think you yeah. know what I'm, you can relate to that, Emily, and Absolutely. so many other moms listening can relate to that as well. Yeah, that's right. And such an opportunity, I think, that was one thing I had hoped to say is just that when you're walking in a close, tight-knit community like a church, mm-hmm. you are going to walk with mothers who are rejoicing and you're going to walk with mothers who are grieving and yes. not to be scared of that because that is the pattern that God has set for us. Like Romans 12 talks about rejoice with those who are rejoicing, weep with those who weep. And when we do that, when we are brave enough to get past the the fear and the awkwardness of it and love each other when one is hurting and one is rejoicing, it is Mm -hmm. such a clear picture of the gospel and the unity that Christ brings. That It's not our children that brings us unity. It's Christ and the mercy that Mm -hmm. he's brought on each of our lives. Like, it is such such an opportunity for glory. I'm really grateful that you said that because it has so much validity in in any community for certain. Mm -hmm. But I think we, because naturally we want to feel joyful, Mm -hmm. it is just naturally more difficult Mm -hmm. to enter into suffering with other people. Yes. And and you're exactly right. Not to be afraid. Not to be afraid to step into that with other people and mourn Mm -hmm. with them. Mm -hmm. And ask them questions. And if you don't understand, that's okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's okay not to be able to relate and understand. Um, Emily, would you share just a little bit, as you feel comfortable, just how your marriage has been impacted by um, Mm -hmm. the losses you guys have walked through? How have you guys grown together Mm -hmm. um, individually and in the Lord as a couple? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I feel like trials have that potential of either, you know, breaking you or bonding you. And mm-hmm. um, and for us, it has done that work of bonding as we have surrendered these things together and processed them together. I think that's been a big part of it is we process differently, but we try to process together. Um, it's definitely more of the sense where I'm I'm crying he's holding me. (laughs) And even in that process, like he is feeling the weight and, you know, and and no, he might not be crying like I am, but he is feeling it just as much as I am. And we're talking through it and, and we're wrestling together and we're praying together and we're asking the Lord, what do you want us to do now together? Um, and that has, it has actually, it's been a very bonding thing. I feel like we were best friends when we got married, and and um, that has only continued to deepen as as we not only process the joys of life, but the difficulties of life. It's um, it's led us to to realize how much we need the partner that God has given to us, and yeah. how that is even a reflection of how much we need the Lord. That's a true gift. Yes. 
It really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my husband and I as well have often, like we've said, like, you know, we, we've had the potential with the many, many things that we've had to walk through mm-hmm. in 14 years of marriage mm-hmm. to have grown apart. And in so many ways, the Lord has brought us closer together, and mm-hmm. we're so grateful for that. Mm-hmm. How do you find peace in seasons of waiting and hope in moments that are um, full of anguish and Mm. sadness i think that's like the climax question Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm because i think peace and hope are the things that are the hardest to do when you're walking through sadness and sorrow and grief but um first first i think ultimately we must must look to our eternal hope that this grieving and and the the sorrow it puts like a fork in our path and makes everything very black and white what really matters here what is our life made out of what what do we believe at the core um right and and it causes us to question like where where do we go from here um and it makes you go backwards and look at your foundation. And that's, right. you know, that's obviously why some people crumble away and some people are built even stronger because they know they're being reminded of that foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, at Anna's burial, uh, Romans 8, 18 through 25 was read. And that's the one where it says, For I consider that the suffering of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revelation of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. And it goes on, talks about how we are groaning inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption Mm -hmm. as sons. The redemption of our bodies um, talks about hope and how hope that we see is not really hope at all. Um, But we hope for what we do not see it and we wait in patience for it and Mm -hmm. I think that so culminates such a you know our salvation is kept and waiting in heaven for us like first Peter talks about but um we are groaning inwardly right now um as we wait for it but we have to wait for it it's that balance of peace and hope at the same time of living in this pain and struggling and and yet the foundation that we go back to is that we are the sons of God. We are redeemed by the blood of Jesus. And that is not shaking. And that is not trembling or wasting mm-hmm. away like the rest of the world is. And even as we groan I- inwardly, we are waiting eagerly for that adoption to be fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And our redemption, our bodies will be redeemed. That our hope starts there. I think, and we we start there because without that, without that yeah. future hope, how can we have any kind of hope right in the here and now, right? right. That future hope binds us to um, to have a security of walking in the here and now. Mm. Um, but I think the part that I think is most difficult for those of us who are walking through grief is that hope and peace are feel like a mockery in a sense like uh yeah right like how am I supposed to walk in hope right now when all my hopes Mm. have been dashed you know 
I, yeah. um, what's the verse in Proverbs? Hope deferred makes the heart sick. And that's how you feel in the moment. Um, but um, there's this reality for the here and now on the second side of that, that our hope comes from faith in the Lord. Um, that we are to be people filled with faith and our faith is not seen, right? It's, it's in our salvation, which is being held and kept and waiting and ultimately in the authority of God. Like, is he trustworthy? Yes, he is trustworthy. And how do I, how do I see that? How do I live that right now? Yeah. When I see him showing up in my life in my deepest pain, I see that my salvation is not just for heaven, but it's for right now to touch my life and to fill me with hope and faith that God is wanting to use, you know, my, my deepest sorrow, my losses um, for his glory and for a testimony of how he shows up, right? Mm. That mm-hmm. There's so much hope there. Um, yes, yes. Yes, amen. I mean, this is really what the gospel is, right? It's, it's that Jesus has come and his God's promises to his people have been fulfilled through Jesus and that we have hope because of his coming mm-hmm. and because of his death and his resurrection mm-hmm. and all the the things though, you know, we call them fleeting moments of life, mm-hmm. though they still are I mean, truly not fleeting they don't feel fleeting grief doesn't feel fleeting mm-hmm. because it feels like go it goes on for a very long time mm-hmm. and it's something we wrestle through mm-hmm. but in it all mm-hmm. god is sovereign and we can trust him just like you said yeah. i know we both agree and believe together that suffering has purpose mm-hmm. um but if you would like to share with us a little bit about how you've seen the Lord work through your own pain and how has mm-hmm. it how has it impacted the way that you mother your two daughters? Yeah. Um, I think without these losses, I would be a very um, a not not a very compassionate person. I um, I'm much more of an, an exhorter by nature. Mm, um, okay. And yeah. since these, these losses, the Lord has given me tears for the body of Christ, for other people who are walking through suffering. Um, he has allowed me to join in understanding their suffering and not just, you know, be, you know, exhort and say, Oh, here's the truth, you know, but it's mm, no, yes, no, yes. I know what you're suffering. I know what it feels yeah, like compassion. to walk through those things. I have compassion for that and I will cry with you. And there's just a grace that has, um, that's there when I see my fellow sister walking through infertility or, or another sister who has a child with you know, special needs or mm-hmm. all these different things that we, we have to carry, um, there's so much that the Lord uses to build it into good. Um, I think even just being able to comfort those who are walking through similar sufferings is how the Lord uses to bring this pain into um, glory. (laughs) 
Um, yeah. I think even just being able to testify of his greater story, the gospel of God, that he uses these broken things and makes them beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like he takes us broken people and he puts us back together again and says, I will make you whole. And mm-hmm. that in itself, like the chance to say that even to you and on this podcast is such an example of being able to say this life was not for nothing. It wasn't for nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I can testify of the gospel of Christ, and that is my life, right? And what a gift to be able to, that the Holy Spirit within us, like when we have received Christ and we receive the Holy Spirit, we we can see with clarity those things, Mm -hmm. those realities that God is working Mm -hmm. in our lives Mm -hmm. and that he is molding and shaping us to be more like him Mm -hmm. and that we can grow in compassion. I relate to that so Mm -hmm. much. I used to think crying was weakness in many Mm -hmm. respects and I I can do the same now. I can cry with another Mm -hmm. woman who's, I can can Mm -hmm. really sit in the muck with her mm-hmm. in her pain no matter what kind of pain it is right. and I I hear exactly what you're saying I relate so much mm-hmm. to having a new kind of compassion and heart mm-hmm. for others that I may not have ever right. had had it not been walking through loss and and the other trials that that right. I've personally gone through so praise God yes. praise God that mm-hmm. I can be a loving friend mm-hmm. a loving mother mm-hmm. and and a lo- more loving wife and and have more insight into and discernment in mm-hmm. in in just what's going on with others around me right. and that sensitivity right that yeah. God so freely offers to us that's right do you have a word of encouragement for mothers who are walking through grief um, and loss right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, ha- I have two. One is like what we talked about before, that um, what whatever part of the grieving stage you're in, whether that's the, the overwhelming tears or the sorrow or the anger or the fog, what, whatever stage that is in, that it is not an end of your faith that that in itself is just an opportunity to see the Lord meet you there and to build your faith and to grow you. So let let the Lord meet you there and build you up and and cause a testimony for his glory there because it's there's nothing this pain as as big as it feels, he is bigger and he will use it for his glory. That is promises the promises we've been given from him so that's one encouragement just um that we can wrestle with hope um and then two just that the again the the same thing that we talked about a little bit before was just to embrace your church community embrace the sisters who are around you um seek out other women to be vulnerable with um i as soon as I got pregnant with Anna, I started a group text of some of um, my some ladies who I wanted to let them into my greatest fears and say, mm. I know this pregnancy is not going to be easy. It was my first pregnancy after loss. 
Um, I need to tell you when I'm struggling. So I'm going to text you and, and ask for prayer and ask for truth. You know, so I have to make that intentional effort to let these women into my life and to tell them where I'm struggling and when I'm struggling. And then they can be the body to me. They can be God's hands and feet to me there. And I think that can be so hard for some women to do. It is so hard. It, it, it can be I if they don't feel like they have um, those kinds of women in their lives. Do you believe, though, that there probably is that the Lord has put at least one woman in every other woman's That's life? That's right. Yes. I really believe that. Yes. But it, it's hard, and, and you have to take that step that's so hard and yes. say, can you walk through this with me right now? Yeah, that's right. Yep. I've said it so many times on this podcast that because I, I made that error in some really critical times, mm-hmm. but I of not isolating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't don't isolate. Even yeah. if you're an introvert, even if you're not a right. person who needs to be around people all the time, just let other people come into your grief with you and be real. That's right. And be vulnerable and mm-hmm. let them pray over you because we all need that. There is not mm-hmm. one person that can isolate yep. during a season of grief and suffering yep. and not be negatively affected by that. Right. It is a gift to let other people around you and not just for yourself, but for others. That's right. It is a, a gift, huge blessing to them, a gift for them too. It is. Yes. If you're seeking them out, it's, it's showing them, especially if they're walking in a rejoicing season, it's showing them that you are honoring their rejoicing season and it, it gives them an opportunity to honor your grieving season. And what a picture yes. of, of the goodness of God there. Absolutely. Emily, what are some of your favorite ways to remember your daughter, Anna? Hmm. Um, little things. Um, I have plants that have been given to me um, around her birthday. Every time I see them, I think of her. Or certain songs that play uh, that were prevalent during the time when we were fighting for her life. Or um, her grave is on the way into the mountains um, here in Colorado. So every time we go into the mountains, we get to pass by or visit. Um, and that's just a really sweet thing. Another silly thing, which is is just special to me, is that like the last few months, even this year, license plates have all been starting with an A-N. And then they have one more letter and a few numbers. So A-N something. And her name is Anna Nicole. And so whenever I see one that says A-N with another letter, um, Mm. I I think of her, I say Anna Nicole. Sometimes it says M, like McElroy, our last name. Anna Nicole McElroy. Sometimes it says A-N-J. Anna Nicole Jumps. Anna Nicole is, there's all these different examples with these license plates that I see and it's so silly, but it brings me so much joy to like remember her in the most random moments as I'm driving, like, oh look, Anna Nicole kisses, you know, like A-N-K, just things like that, that remind me that she's still alive with the Lord and that I can treasure her now just as much as... That is so beautiful. It's kind of... It's not silly. That's so beautiful. I love that so much. I love that you're... <laughs> that is just... I think that it's just like the Lord to give us these little tiny gifts, yeah, right? that's right. It's a gift. <laughs> it's just a little a remembrance. And it's just his way of wrapping his arms around you and saying, I remember mm-hmm. I've got her here. That's right. And you get to see her one day mm-hmm. again. That's right. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. That's really beautiful. And thank you for sharing that with us. I, it's just been so lovely to talk with you today, Emily. I'm mm. grateful for your story and your willingness to share. And I have no doubt that it will be an encouragement to everyone who's listened today. Thank you for joining me. It's been such an honor. Thank you for having me. What a gift it was to spend this time with Emily. If you have walked through loss of any kind, you know how relatable and precious a conversation like this can be. Do you have a story that needs to be shared? Don't be afraid to reach out to another mother who's walked through it as well. And I challenge you to ask for help in your moments of grief. Let others step into your suffering with you. For most, it will be an honor. If you don't have anyone that you feel can relate or empathize with your current situation, please reach out to Emily or I. We'd love to hear from you. Knowing Motherhood is a ministry for moms primarily, but I know we do have many listeners who are not yet mothers and also who uh, some who listen on behalf of a mother they love and care about and want to support as well. If you know someone who could be encouraged by this episode today or another one that you listen to, please click on that share button and forward it on. My heart for knowing motherhood is that, and I've shared this many times before, um, that the content we produce would impact the lives of many families and offer hope where it's needed and provide every mother the gift of feeling understood and seen in their personal motherhood journey. As always, please don't underestimate the great value of your sharing, leaving a review, and commenting on social media posts. Check the show notes for ways to connect with the guests and myself, and always feel free to let me know how these episodes have impacted you. Before I sign off of here today, I would love to share with you again the verse that Emily mentioned in our conversation together. Psalm 34, verse 17 to 19 says, The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. The righteous person may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. We know as believers we are not exempt from suffering. However, what we possess as followers of the living God is peace and joy in the midst of our trials and the knowledge that God is good and in control in the midst of each and every road bump we experience in this life. I'm so grateful for this reality in my own life and I pray you know his beautiful peace today as well, friend. Thanks for joining me and I'll see you back here again very soon.